Well, we appreciate everybody being here this morning. If you're glad to be in the house of God on a Sunday morning, say amen. 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 Good to see all of you. We appreciate y'all being here. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and I'm going to ask Dr. Terry Ransom to come forward and pray for us. I'd love to see God just show up in such a way that every one of us knows that he's here to meet with us. Woo. Brother Terry, you come. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for another privilege and an honor it is to be in your house again. Lord, we pray, God, that you just meet with us today. God, we need you. God, to show up in this service. And God, we ask for your presence. God, I pray that you'd be in the singing and the preaching. God, whatever's said or done in this service, Lord, it would all just to be to glorify you and honor you. God, you deserve all the honor and all the glory and the praise. God, we just want to give you that right now. And Lord, we pray, God, if there's somebody here that's not saved, God, it today that you'll speak to their heart, and God, they'd come to know you. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand page 317. Oh! <laughs> 
seated, pray for the choirs we sing. I know we've got a couple of people that help us with this song out and Ron's back there with a sore finger. But uh, y'all pray for us. I just can't get this song off my heart. I feel like we need to do it this morning, so y'all pray for us.
Let's all stay and do this course. God is so good. Have any offered and want to bring it down down at this time? Bring it up to the front. I just got a notice on my phone that I got two prescriptions ready for me at the drugstore. Y'all, y'all remind me to go by and get them here. Amen. <laughs> Some of you older people know what I'm talking about. Amen. Good to see all of you. It's good to be back in Merville, Georgia. Merville. Hallelujah. Glory. 
I sure missed y'all while we were gone, but it is good to be back in the land of the living. Amen. I've got so much that I need to mention to all of you by way of announcement this morning. So listen closely because we got a, an awful lot going on here at the church leading into the holidays and uh, so much to, to talk about. Um, there's going to be a young ladies meeting at 3 p.m. in our fellowship hall on October the 30th. And Sister Megan has uh, told me, and I'm so glad to come back to a full church. We've got a sign-up sheet on the back table. Glory. Amen. We know we're doing something when we got the sign-up sheets. Uh, the officer's banquet's going to be November the 5th. At what time? Five o'clock. Five o'clock at the Smith House. I don't have it. And we will have a sign-up sheet for that. Amen. Um, the on no only ladies could come up with this announcement. November the twelfth, ladies are going shopping and having lunch together. All of you men better keep your wallets real close. Amen. Um, there's going to be a meeting with the next generation and the happy pilgrims right after service. So remember that. Um, listen to this one closely. Tonight, Brother Terry, I, I should have mentioned this to you already, but if we could get enough choir members here tonight, I'd love to run the choir tonight. All the choir going to come back? You going to commit to it? Be back tonight to sing? A 16-year-old preacher is going to be in with us tonight. Uh, Brother Mason Taylor, kin to Tommy Meeks. And he's going to be in preaching for us tonight. I'm so thankful to know that our young generation are still seeking God and selling out to Him and living their lives for Jesus Christ. He is very much a preacher and he'll be in with us tonight. Uh, we arranged this several, several, several weeks ago. And so be here tonight at 5 o'clock. Every young person, I beg you to be back tonight to be inspired by this young preacher boy. And uh, I'm so looking forward to the meeting tonight. I want to say a big thank you to our choir for going Wednesday night and singing. Y'all did so good, and I sure do appreciate every one of you. Uh, showing up and singing Wednesday night at the revival meeting. Uh, that was just a, a labor of love for your Savior, and I sure do appreciate it from the depths of my heart. I've got a, a, a couple of cards that I want to read. Uh, to our NBC family, this is from me and Miss Deb. It says, thank you, church family, for always being faithful in honoring your pastor in the month of October for pastor appreciation. Also, thank you for the generous love offering for my birthday. Ladies, you always go above and beyond for your pastor's wife. Wish I could do for all of you what you do for me. Thank you, church family, for loving us. We are grateful for each and every one of you. We are very blessed. And from the depths of my heart, thank you, church, for all that you have done and given uh, this month for pastor appreciation. I don't deserve it, but I sure do thank you for loving on us. 
and showing us how much you appreciate it. It means so much to this pastor. And thank you so much for every one of you, what you've done. I'm going to ask the guys that's going to help me out to go back and, and get what I've asked you to get and bring it up. Um, it's good to see Miss Mickey. Isn't it good to see Miss Mickey? Her mother just passed away, and, and we were out during that time. Miss Mickey, I wish I could have been here. I loved your mom, and uh, so glad to see Miss Mickey being able to be with us this morning. I've got the men bringing some things up because there's something I want to mention to all of you this morning. I want to tell you a story about all this stuff that they're bringing forth this morning. Brother Carlos, you going to help? From now on, I'll tell him twice. <laughs> Two times. Brother Carlos. <laughs> Amen. They're bringing, while they're bringing this up, I'll begin telling you the story. There's a, uh, we've got... We've got a broadcast uh, ministry where we broadcast the, the service, every service. Uh, Miss Bobby uh, gets to listen to it because you live where? Statesville, North Carolina. And she's one of our faithful listeners. And every time she gets opportunity, she comes down, stays with Miss Sue and comes to our services. Uh, others that we don't even know about listen to our broadcast and we're so thankful that we have this opportunity to put the word of God out well Debbie got a message the other day and said would you get brother John to call me and so I did and it was from a lady and she had heard us tell about we were getting up food for our uh, Thanksgiving baskets and she told her granddaughter about it her granddaughter just got so excited about the, the opportunity and what we were doing. And her granddaughter put in to get all this food. And so they got the food together. And we met them down here yesterday. And I'll tell you, the little girl's name is Grace. What a name for what she's done. All of this food from little Grace. And then she handed me this card. It says, may your Thanksgiving day be filled with awesome blessings. And by the way, pie counts for an awesome blessing. And she handed me this. A hundred dollars to go buy pies, to go with all these uh, baskets that we're going to give out for Thanksgiving. And uh, that money and little Grace did all of that, and we're so thankful. I remember a time where I stood in front of this church. We were in the old building, and I said, I believe God wants us to go into a building program. And uh, shortly after I, I said that, one of our little girls, little Sarah McCarrick, who was a little thing back then, robbed her piggy bank. Got a card just like this, taped all those pennies and nickels and quarters to the inside. And she came to me and she said, Brother John, here's for the building program. And we're where we're at today because little children like Sarah gave. And uh, it touches my heart every time a little child does something like this because it means so much to me that 
that God speaks to little children and uses little children in big ways, big, big, big ways. He uses young people. And I just wanted you to see what the fruit. See, men, y'all working up there. Your labor's not in vain in the Lord. Jesus uses y'all. I know you're separated from your families a lot of the time. But Jesus is using y'all to do things like this. And I appreciate what they do. Give them a hand. Give Miss, give Miss Grace. And y'all can come get this and, and take it back. I'll take the $100. You see Carlos get up there. See Carlos get up real quick and come. <laughs> no, that goes to Miss Marlene. Can you go? <laughs> but we sure we sure thank the Lord for all that He does uh, for us. We get we get to experience God's blessings, and I'm so thankful for it.
made this way Every air that you breathe And who defeated death And won the victory You said it was me Who loved you when No one else would And who saved you When no one else could He said it was me appreciate the preachers that uh, filled in for us while we were out. Uh, we listened. I don't know where it is. Here it is. I found it. I found it. I've had too much on me today, y'all. Y'all just put too much on this poor preacher. First Corinthians chapter 10 this morning, if you will. First Corinthians chapter 10. Maybe I can get wired up. First Corinthians chapter number 10. When you find that portion of scripture, you'll stand to honor the reading of God's word. First Corinthians chapter number 10. Appreciate what the choir sang this morning. Didn't you enjoy them? Amen. <clears throat> Good to know Jesus is coming back. Just as sure as we're in this room, he's going to split that sky one day. We're going to be going home with him. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. Let me get there. 1 Corinthians 10. We're going to begin in verse number 23 and read through the end of the chapter and Bring you just a simple thought out of this, and I'll explain it as we go along. Paul writing to the Corinth church, he says it like this. He said, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Whatsoever sold in the shambles, that eat, asking no question for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast, and ye be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you eat, asking no question for conscience' sake. But if any man say unto you, This is offered in sacrifice unto idols, eat not for his sake that showed it, and for conscience' sake, well, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Conscience, I say, not thine own, but of the other. For why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? For if I by grace be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of for that for which I give thanks? Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, 
but the profit of many, that they may be saved. I want to take these verses this morning and bring a thought to your hearts on just a simple title, Living by Principle. Living by Principle. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Fathers, we come before you this morning. Lord, we've been blessed, Lord, by all that you've done among us already this morning from the very beginning in Devotion Sunday School to this present time, Lord, you've been so good to us. And Lord, I'm asking you, Father, now as we enter into this time where we gather out all of ourselves around the good word of God, that you would bless it, that, Lord, you would send the word out, uh, Lord, to many, Lord, that they might be blessed by the good word of God. May the good word of God, Lord, uh, find place in every heart. May you speak to every heart. May you help every heart. And God, would you touch us all now, for Lord, we need you. I'm not the only one in this room needing you. I need you to preach. But Lord, those that are listening, they need you to be able to hear. So open here, ears, open hearts. And God, will thank you and praise you for everything that you'll accomplish and do. For send the precious name of the Lord Jesus, we pray and ask. And all of God's people said. You can be seated this morning. <clears throat> I want to say it like this. I'm still not, still not where I need to be. How about now? I want to say it like this this morning. It is good to be saved. It is good to be a child of God. I love being saved. I love being a child of God. I love all the benefits that go with being saved. And sometimes we all encounter things throughout this Christian life that we wonder, is it right to do this? Is it wrong to do this? And sometimes we find ourselves in a place or a predicament that we're asked to do something or we're invited to do something, we wonder, is it, is it right for me to do that? Is it wrong for me to do that? Is it wrong for me to go there? Is it right for me to go there? And we got all of these questions in our mind about different things that we encounter through the Christian life. There's some things in Christian life we don't even have to pray about. It's right to read your Bible. It's right to pray. It is right to go to church. It is right to listen to the Word of God. Those are things that we just absolutely know to be a fact. There's some things that are wrong. It's wrong to commit adultery. It's wrong to, to be drunken. I wish I could get some amens right there. It's wrong to lie. It's wrong to murder. Those things are a given. We know those are black and white issues and we don't need to even pray about things like that. But you're going to find out walking through this Christian life. How many of you say this morning? Say amen. amen. You're going to find out that you're going to encounter some, some issues, some opportunities or some times in your lives and you're going to be offered something, you're going, to be, you're going to be handed something, you're going to have the opportunity to do something, you're going to wonder, is it right or is it wrong? Should I or shouldn't I do this? 
That's what Paul is dealing with in this passage of 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. Paul has already dealt with the Corinth church in many different... They were a messed up bunch of people. I mean, the largest letters that he wrote in the New Testament were written to this Corinth church. They were full of divisions and strifes and they were fighting. They were suing one another. They were going to court with one another. They were, they were just embittered toward each other. Some were saying, well, I, I got baptized by Paul. Or others were saying, well, I got baptized by Apollos. And there was all this division and, and bickering among the people at Corinth. And Paul spent all this time writing to them because he loved them and because God loved them and because God wanted to help the church at Corinth. In this passage of Scripture, now Paul comes to those gray areas of our Christian walk. Should I? Shouldn't I? Should I go there? Should I forbear? Should I do this or should I not do this? And Paul brings out in such a wonderful way three principles that you can live by to determine whether you should or whether you should not do something in your life. First thing I want to mention and point out to you is the principle of seeking the good of others. Look in verse 23 and 24 again. He said, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Then that does not mean that I'm to seek Terry Ransom's million dollars that he's got. I'm not to try to get his money. That's, that's not, it says, what he's saying is, be sure that you live your life to where you seek the welfare of others. We live in a selfish world. Can I get a witness right there? I mean, this world has gone totally in, into themselves and they live their lives for themselves. But Paul says that we as Christians, we should live for the benefit of others. Others. There's, we've got liberty in the, in the Christian life to do many things. But the one thing that God has given us the liberty to live for is to live our lives for the benefit of others. We're not to be a selfish people. We're not to be a people that is just all into ourselves and do things because we like it. When it benefits us, we're to live our lives to where our lives count for other people. The principle of seeking the good of others. There's a lot of people that take the liberty that we have in Christ. And they'll, they'll so live it and express it that we can do, we can live any way we want to. And they, even to the point of sinning in the sight of God. Listen, you'll find nowhere in that Bible that it gives anybody permission to live in sin. Can I get a witness right there? 
I mean, God, once, once, once God saves a person, then grace begins teaching us to live a holy and righteous life. Grace never teaches us to live in sin. The Bible says that the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness. Once we are saved, God expects us to begin living a good and moral life. There's a lot of Christians today that believe that just because we're saved by grace, that they can live any way they want to and live in sin. That is not the saving grace of Almighty God. The saving grace of God changes a person's life. The saving grace of God, it turns a person from sin to the Savior to live their lives for them. Can I get a witness? Principle number one is we are to live our lives seeking the good of others. Others. The Bible tells us, the Bible tells us that we're to live a sinless and holy life. You remember the story of the woman who was brought in adultery to Jesus Christ. She was brought in adultery, set before Jesus and they said, what, what do you say about this? We caught this woman. I've always wondered, what about the man? If they caught that woman in the very act of adultery, why didn't they bring the man also? Could have been one of them. That's beside the point. But they brought this woman, set that woman in front of Jesus and said, the law said we need to stone this woman. But what sayest thou? And you remember he stooped on the ground and began writing in the sand with his finger. And then they pressed him even more. What, do you, what are you going to say about this? And, and the Lord stood up and he said. You that are without sin. You cast the first stone at her. And they all began walking away. One by one. And then whenever she stood up. She, he said. Where are those thine accusers? Is there no man that condemned thee? And, he, and she said. There's no man Lord. He said neither do I condemn thee? That's grace. That's saving grace. That's the grace that you and I got saved by. We deserve the law's punishment, but we got grace. We deserve to, be, to die, but we got grace by the good, good hand of God. But listen what he said. Go and sin no more. If a person truly gets saved, God expects you to begin living your life in a saved manner. Amen and amen. He don't mean to save you, then you continue living. Hey, shacking up is still wrong. Living, living adulterous life is still wrong. Being drunk is still wrong. And things like that. And God expects us to live a clean and moral life. That's not what God is, the, God is talking about in this portion of Scripture. We're talking about those areas of life. Should I do this? Should I not do that? We're to live our lives for the benefit of others. Principle number one. Paul writing about Timothy. I want you to listen what Paul said about the life of Timothy. He said, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus, that's Timothy, shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. He said, for I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. 
You know what he's saying about Timothy? He said, this guy, Timothy, he's just, he's like-minded like I am. And he's going to come to you and he's going to see your benefit. He's going to see how you're doing. And he's going to let me know whether you're okay or not. He said, I don't have anybody else to send to you because everybody is seeking their own benefit, not the benefit of others. Listen, we are to live our lives, principle number one, for the benefit of others. You know, there's other people around you that need help from God. There's other people that need something from Jesus. There's other people around you that need help with a, maybe some money, help with maybe some physical labor. There's all kind of things that every one of us can do to be of help. And you know, some Christians live their lives so introspectly that they're no earthly good. They're like the Good Samaritan who, the Good Samaritan story who, that Jesus told about, that a man was left half dead. He, the robbers robbed him and left him half dead. And there he lay. And the Pharisee walked on one side and walked around him and wouldn't even go near him. Then the priest came and he walked on one side and wouldn't even go near him. That's how some Christians live their lives. And we're no earthly good when we live like that. We're supposed to look for the opportunity to be a benefit to other people. And that's principle number one in, in this area of life. What should we do? We should be living our lives where it benefits other people. Other people. Leonard Ravenhill said this. And it's a powerful statement. He said, the greatest miracle on planet earth is for God to take an unholy man, make him holy, take that holy man, put him back in an unholy world and keep him holy. That's how we're to live our lives. No matter what this world is doing they need to see some Christians that love them and care about them. I know that they're wicked. I know that they're be beyond themselves. I know this world is going to hell in a handbasket. I know this world is just upside down. But there's some people out there that need to see some true Christians that are taking interest in them and live their lives for the benefit of others. Amen. We live in a selfish world, but there's plenty of people that this church, our personal lives, that we could minister to other people. Our, li our liberty. I love telling this story. I know I've told it here before, but I love telling this story. <clears throat> there was a, we had vacation Bible school at our church down at Waycross that I pastored. We had vacation Bible school. And there was this little, there was this little boy that would come. He had a little moped, and he'd ride that little moped across our field and come to vacation Bible school every evening. And uh, I got to noticing him. And one day he came in and had a little girl on the back of that moped, and it was his sister. Her name was Mary. And Mary and that little boy would come to vacation Bible school, and I went up to him. And I began talking to him and showed some interest in him. You know, we, just, we, got to, we got to get past ourselves. We got to get out of ourselves and just realize that others just need somebody that'll be interested in them. And I went over and just showed a little interest in him, began talking to him and found out that they lived just across the way. 
And I asked them, I said, well, would you mind if I came and visited your house? And, the, and little Mary said, you would do that, preacher? I said, yes, I would love to come visit you. I said, I'd love to meet your mother. And I asked about the mother and the mother wouldn't come, but she would let them come. And I appreciated that about her. And anyway, long story short, me and a preacher went. And we went to the house that late one evening. The daddy, the stepdaddy was a truck driver, never at home. And, and I'm telling the story just as it happened to draw illustration for you. We got out and the, I'm, I'm honest with you, the house was filthy. The front porch was just filthy. Had a stench about it. Walked up and I knocked on the front door. And little Mary came and opened the front door. She said, it's the preacher, it's the preacher. She was so excited. And we walked in and she ran to the back and got her mother. Her mother came walking out and her mom was just disheveled. You just, it was a mess. The inside of the, and I'm saying all of this not to be crude. I'm saying all of this to draw an illustration of what God showed me that night. And the house stunk, it stunk. It was one of those homes that it would get on you. You know what I mean? I mean, just one of those places that if you were around it, it would get on you. And <clears throat> I, to be honest with you, I did not really like being there. And, uh, but she asked us to sit down and I sat down with them. I had another preacher with me from the church. He sat down and we, we talked and tried to share Jesus and share the gospel with her. She wasn't interested or anything, but little Mary got saved. Little Mary got saved out of that. So we sat there and we left that night and, and I dropped the preacher off and I was on my way home and, and the Lord began speaking to my heart. He said, you didn't like being in there tonight, did you? I said, well, Lord, no, I, I really didn't. I was just thinking all this stuff to the Lord, you know. He said, well, your heart was a lot filthier than that house was when I stepped into it. And I didn't mind stepping into your house, your heart, and begin cleaning house. He said, you shouldn't mind stepping into any home because you were worse than that house was. And we've got to remember, we get so cleaned up by God at times. We, we look down our noses and our, our, we look down on people that's not as fortunate as us to be saved by the good grace of God. We've got to remember where God brought us from. We've got to remember the pit that he saved us out of. We were just as filthy. We were just as wrong. We were just as lost as they were. And we need to live our lives for the benefit of others. The benefit of others. Second principle in life. Should I, shouldn't I do this? Should I go there? Should I not go there? Is found in verse number 30, verse number 32, or verse number 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Notice how he draws on whether we eating or drinking, whatever, the smallest minute things. We should ask ourselves this one question. Is what I'm about to do, will it bring glory to God? Is what I'm about to be, uh, the place that I'm about to go to, will it bring glory 
to God? Can God use me being there to benefit the others? Can God get glory out of where I'm going? And we should always live our lives to where we consider this thing. Will God get the glory for what I'm about to do? Will God get the glory for where I'm about to go? Will he get the glory? You know, so many times we do things and we're not even thinking about whether God will get the glory or not. But we need to be, we need to be mindful of this. That everything we do, it doesn't matter how minute, doesn't matter how big it is. We need to do it because it brings glory to God. God's interested in where we go. God's interested in what we do. God's watching every place, everything that we do. I'll give you an illustration. Let's say, let's say I get a burden and I start walking the streets of Gainesville or wherever. And I, I walk the streets and I'm just handing out tracts and I'm witnessing to people. I'm wanting to be a witness for Jesus to as many as I can. And I'm walking and I step in to the, up in, on, to this one individual and I begin talking to them about Jesus Christ. And I begin sharing the gospel with them about the Lord. And then I look up and I realize I'm in front of a bar. And the man I'm talking to has just come out of that bar. Is there anything wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing. Why? Because God's going to get the glory out of me sharing the gospel. There's a big difference between me standing outside the bar. And me being inside the bar, sitting at the bar with a bunch of empty glasses in front of me. There's a big difference there. And we've always got to consider, is God going to get the glory for what I'm doing, where I'm going? Is God, is people going to see that I'm doing it for Jesus Christ? Or is I'm, if I'm not doing it for Jesus Christ? We've got to live by principle in, in some matters of life. And we've always got to remember that God's glory is at stake. Principle number two is seeking the glory of God. You remember Jesus called Peter to one side. And he asked Peter, he said, Peter, there's something I need to know from you. Do you love me? You see, it was important to Jesus that he knew Peter loved him. It's easy to wear the t-shirt, I love Jesus. It's easy to, to say it with your lips, I love Jesus. But it is another thing to live the life of loving Jesus. Matter of fact, I, want to, I, want, I may shock you with what I'm about to say. But this is the only life, this is the only life we have to prove to Jesus just how much we love him. Oh, we can say it. All day long. We can wear the, the slogans all day long. But living our lives to prove to Jesus that we really do love him more than that. More than this. More than anything else. That is a life that Jesus desires out of every one of us. If what I'm, if what I'm about to do, will it bring glory to Jesus? We should live our lives that everything just gives him glory and praise and honor. From it. Principle number one, seek the benefit of others. Principle number two, seek the glory 
of God. And then finally, principle number three, we should set a godly example. Look in verse number 32 and 33. He said, give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many. Here it is, that they might be saved. Seek a godly example. Is what I'm about to do, will it set a godly example in front of those I work with? Is what I'm about to do, will it set a godly example around my family? Is what I'm about to do, will my children see Jesus in me? Should I be, you know, we, we, we're living in a, a day and hour where people say, I don't care what they think, I'm going to live my life the way I want to. I don't care what they say, but I'm going to live my life. And to prove their point, they'll do it just in spite of, to prove that they can live any way they want to in front of other people. But listen, a godly example may be the only Bible some people see or read. And we've got to realize we're to set a godly example. It don't take but one time to destroy your testimony. One incident and your testimony is gone forever. And we've got to realize that there's just certain times in our lives that we've got to ask ourselves, is this a godly example or not? We've got to learn to live by principle in this world because there's people outside that need Jesus Christ and they need some people who've got enough of God about them to go out there and tell them about Jesus Christ. We need it so desperately. Preacher, should I do this? Should I not do that? There's going to be some times in your life you're not going to be able to call the preacher and ask. There's going to be some times in your life you're not going to have the opportunity to run to daddy or mom and say, should I or shouldn't I? You've got to learn to live by these principles of life to be able to know what to do in certain situations. Should I? Shouldn't I? Should I go? Should I forbear? Should I, should I listen to this? Should I not listen to that? Listen, God wants us to learn to live by principle so that He gets the glory and others will be saved. The whole bottom line, sis, you come on to the piano. The whole bottom line of Him saving us was not just to get you to heaven. It was not just to make you happy. It was not just so that you could live a good life and be blessed by the Lord. And the whole reason that He saved you and leaving you here is so that you can live your life for Him. And others might see what you've got that they don't have. And maybe they'll be saved some miraculous way by watching your Christian life. Learning to live by principle. Seek the benefit of others. Seek the glory of God. And seek to, to set a godly example before everybody. Are your children, are they seeing Jesus in you? 
The people you work around, do they see Jesus in you? Or do they see just some old fellow that's just discontented with everything, griping and murmuring, complaining, and nothing's right, nothing's good? They need to see Jesus in all of us all the time. All the time. God is concerned about others. He's concerned about those others being saved by the same grace that you're saved by. And He wants us to be out there for Him. Amen and amen. Let's all stand. I remember when I was a little boy. Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew 5. I want you to look at a passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 5. I want you to look at this. Matthew chapter number 5. Jesus always taught what we're talking about.